Hi, this is Allison Sheridan of the NoSilicast podcast, hosted at podfeet.com, a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. Today is Sunday, March 3rd, 2019, and this is show number 721. Well, we're recording from Lindsay's house again because she broke her ankle and she's got uh, had foot surgery on Friday. She's laid up. We're here uh, pretending to, uh, you know, be a big help around the house. We're really just playing with Forbes most of the time, but uh, she's acting like we're helping. So that's good. Anyway, that's why you might have heard a little bit different microphone this week. This week on Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, Dave Hamilton of the Mac Geek Ab and the Mac Observer joins us to talk about routers and mesh routers in particular. He starts by explaining the difference between a range extender with a traditional router versus a modern mesh router system. He explains why some IoT devices demand a dedicated 2.4 gigahertz network, or at least they used to. He explains what the marketing numbers mean on routers. You know how you'll see like AC2600? What does that mean? Anyway, he actually does the math and explains to us what it means and what it doesn't mean. We talk about the importance of the number of antennas, band steering, and beam forming. He also explains SUMIMO, or SUMIMO, and MUMIMO, and why we can't have it but why Mesh gives us many of the same advantages. Then he explains quality of service and why you might want to turn it on. Oh, Lindsay, by the way, I turned on quality of service on your router when you weren't looking. Anyway, finally, he gives us his short list of good Mesh router manufacturers, companies that he likes, where he's tested them, while he also answers the question everyone is asking whether he's concerned about Amazon recently purchasing Eero. It was a fascinating discussion where I learned a lot. And in fact, I listened to it again after the recording and I learned a few things I missed the first time through. Now, only because this is uh, the PodFeed podcast, would this episode be considered a light version of Chit Chat Across the Pond? You can find it at, in your favorite podcatcher of choice under Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, or there's a link in the show notes to listen right over at podfeed.com. Well, I'm sad to say this week will be the last of the CES interviews, which really bums me out because it means I got to get back to work actually creating content for you. I want to thank Steve again for all the work he's done creating the videos and extracting the audio for the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed his work as much as I have. I just remembered, though, you know, the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference is coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll do some interviews and that'll be fun. Well, on this show, we've also got a review by Caleb Fong about a cool programming tool called Emmet. But before we can get into the interviews and Emmet, I have some sad news. I pre-recorded this because I was pretty sure I wouldn't be able to do it while the show was live. It is with great sadness that I tell you that Nocella Castaway Honda Bob passed away this week. Graft versus host disease destroyed his body following a bone marrow transplant a few years ago. Steve and I are devastated at this loss, but I wanted to... I don't know, walk you down memory lane of who Bob was and why he was special to the Nocilla Castaway community. Many of you know who he was, but many of you probably don't. In 1978, I bought my first car. It was a little yellow 1976 Honda Civic. Shortly after I got the car, I met a young man who called himself Honda Bob. He was a mechanic who did the unthinkable. He came to you instead of you going to him. He called it Honda Bob's Mobile Service. Over the next 40-ish years, Steve and I only bought Hondas and Acuras because we knew we'd never find another mechanic of Bob's talents. It wasn't just that Bob was incredibly good at repair and maintenance of our cars. It wasn't that he did the work for a very fair price. 
It wasn't because he came to us, but let's be honest, that was a huge part. And it wasn't because he cleaned up after himself. It was because Bob was an extraordinary person. Instead of trying to make people think he was a wizard with secret knowledge, he loved to explain what he was doing and why. He loved to teach what he knew. He told great stories, and he told bad jokes, like he was always telling us that we needed a new chrome muffler bearing. One of his favorite things to do was to pretend he was relieving himself from behind the raised hood as he drained the radiator fluid into a pan. Every single time. Bob became a friend as he watched our children grow up, he teased our cats with a pointer, and he played catch with our dog. Sometimes he would stop by just to geek out about his latest tech gadget. It was his love of tech that brought him into the Nocella Castaway fold. He started by doing a couple of reviews for the show, and his last review he ever did was Apple's iPhone battery case when it first came out. One day, we hatched the idea of him buying advertising on the podcast. Now let's be clear. An international podcast is a pretty dumb place to advertise for a mobile service with a 60-mile radius. But he paid me the grand sum of $5 per ad to talk about our latest car adventures together. It was so much fun, I did it. This turned into Honda Bob becoming a household term on the podcast. Here's one of my favorite examples of how he tickled the Nocella castaways. One day, listeners Justin Byrne and David Shortle, who live in Ireland, just happened to be visiting my area of, the, of Los Angeles for a few days. I didn't know them, so I, but I did agree to meet them for coffee, nowhere near my house. We had a great time chatting, but then I explained I had to get going because Honda Bob was coming over. I'll never forget this. Justin said, Honda Bob? Oh my gosh, I'd love to meet him. Well, what could I do but let them come over to my house? They got on famously with and uh, with Bob, and they were chattering away about how awesome his service was. So I kiddingly said, hey, Justin, maybe you should do the ad for Honda Bob this week. Justin readily agreed, and it was, the, it was awesome, and it was the beginning of something. From then on, several people made ads, but I have to say the coup de grace was when Nightwise from Belgium did an ad for Honda Bob as a Klingon commander. He declared that Honda Bob was not just internationally known. After this, he was intergalactically known. Well, it turns out Honda Bob was a Star Trek fan, so this thrilled him beyond belief. Bob downloaded and saved all of the ads we recorded for him, but I know that this one was his absolute favorite. I thought you might like to hear it for yourself. Greetings, Honorable Allison of the Nocilla Cast. Kapla! My name is Captain Kirk, commander of the Klingon battlecruiser Dorcha. I have come to send you a message because I have listened to your previous transmission of the Nocilla Cast deep from within Klingon space. You said that you understood more Klingon than you did Linux, so you will appreciate the message that I sent for you. Today, I want to tell you about an honorable warrior, somebody with more guts and glory than Kaelas himself. I speak of one who has fixed many, many things and has saved the Imperial fleet of the Klingons defeat after defeat. He has led us to glory. We call him Honda Bop. Honda Bop. Yes, 
for those of you who want to have a Honda or Acura fixed at your doorstep while you dine and drink with Honorable Warriors in Stovokor, Honda Bob will come down and fix your Honda and Acura in the Los Angeles and Orange County areas. Honda Bob's mobile service is not affiliated with Honda, Acura, or Honda Worldwide. And as we say in Klingon space, Go Dicha Honda Bob! Which is Klingon, of course, you know, Allison, for when will Honda Bob fix my starship? Kapla, Honda Bob! Bob was also submitted into the Nosilicast culture when Steve edited the famous Night Before Christmas poem to turn St. Nick into Honda Bob. Steve does a dramatic reading of this epic poem every year near Christmas. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. A couple of weeks ago, Bob knew that the end was near, and he called us to tell us, hey, if you want to come visit me, it's probably your last chance. Now, here's the funny thing. We had a great time when we went to visit him. I told him at one point, I said, you still sound like Bob. And he replied, I thought I looked like shit. And I responded with, oh, yeah, you do look like shit, but you sound great. Well, our daughter-in-law had a funny noise coming from her car, and she wanted Bob to diagnose it and try to figure out what was wrong. So she sent a very silly memoji imitating the noise for him to diagnose. The sound that my car makes is... We played it for him. After listening to it, Bob said it was probably one of the exhaust covers rubbing against another making that squeak, just from her imitation. It was pretty funny that he could do it from that. Well, anyway, while we were with him, he told bad jokes, he gave me a hard time, and he made fun of me. And he explained how current transmissions have multiple clutches and that some German cars have as many as 15. Then he gave us five 500 gigabyte SSDs he'd been using, figuring we'd enjoy that. I know that it's weird to say we had fun with him on that last day, but we truly did. Before we left, he hugged us and he told us that we had been a blessing to him. I'm really afraid that he got that backward. I mentioned earlier how Bob loved to teach. Bob worked with my buddy Niraj to create a valuable resource to the community on his website at hdabob.com. He's written up detailed explanations about how things work, from the ignition system to the electrical system to the brake system to the fuel system and more. He also wrote up what he calls interesting travel stories. The best story in there is one about how he was inspected by the Bureau of Consumer Affairs. They came to see him because they did not believe that a mechanic could be in business for 25 years without a single complaint. His telling of this story is excellent. I was worried when I knew he was going to pass away that this body of work he had created would disappear when the website would inevitably be shut down. So as a gift to him and to all of you, I copied all of it and I put it into an ebook for everyone to download for free. If your device can read the EPUB format, I've got a for, I've got a version for you. And if you've got a device that can't read EPUB, maybe like a Kindle, we've got a format of that too. I'll leave it as an exercise for the student to figure out how to get to your device. Anyway, I've got a link in the show notes to get to it, but it's at podfeed.com slash Honda Bob. With that, I'll close out this story of someone we were very blessed to know. Now, Nightwise gave me the correct Klingon sign-off for Honda Bob and the emphasis with which it must be said. Kapla!
in Stovokor, or in English, success in the afterlife for the honored dead, where all true warriors go after they die to fight an eternal battle. Well, like I said, glad I pre-recorded that. Since I posted that article about Bob, I've heard from people from England, Ireland, Australia, Belgium, Germany, and New England, along with a lot of people in the United States, some who knew him personally, and some most of whom had, who did not. But I got to tell you, he really did make an impression on the world. Be sure to go check out his book. I've made a uh, link to it. Everything good starts with podfeed.com. Where do you think the book is? Podfeed.com slash Honda Bob. It's really amazing, and he would really like that you got this content and uh, maybe was entertained by the stories and learned something about your car. Okay, let's take a deep breath and jump into a CES interview. If you've been paying attention to home security at all, you've heard of the Ring of Security by the company Ring that first brought us the Ring video doorbell. Steve and I are big fans of all the Ring products, so we like to stop by every year. I'm with Yasi Shamiri to talk about what's new at Ring this year. Hi, Yas. Hi. Um, We have several new products to show, starting with our newest video doorbell. It's called the DoorView Cam. Um, It's a doorbell that replaces or it actually installs over your pre-existing door viewer on your door. So, so like the keyhole? It's like the peephole, yeah. More commonly known as a peephole. Um, so you don't need to drill anything. You just take that peephole off of your door um, and it's installed both on the inside of the door and the outside of the door. I'm going to swing around here so Steve has a better view of that. Sure. So um, yeah, no problem. That. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused. This looks like a great big thing and the peephole is a little bitty thing. How's yeah. It? So this is where the peephole is this is the camera and then this is the doorbell button so when you press the button it's um, it'll ring the doorbell itself but then if you have your peephole you can still look oh, so it's on the outside of the door yeah I just this figured on the this out of the door. yeah 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 and then there's a part that goes on the inside of the door so you can still use your pre-existing peephole like you normally okay, would so even in an apartment you could do something like that yeah this is actually perfect for if you live in an apartment or in a rental where you can't um, make modifications to the house how does it stick to the door um, all you all you have to do is un- take out your your existing door viewer so you just unscrew it and then you screw that in oh, I didn't know they unscrewed yeah okay. they unscrew um, it's actually pretty simple um, most people don't don't though so okay. we're, we're making your your door viewer um, smarter and more security focused um, right. but so we'll move on to our other product announcement which is um, our new line of products called ring smart lighting um, and we have um, various lights this is a pathway light that you would use to line your pathway maybe up to your front door. Um, We have a wired floodlight, so this one does require pre-existing power, whereas every other product in the product line is battery-operated. We have a spotlight, we have motion sensors, we have uh, step lights for you to put, you know, on your steps or really anywhere where you want um, lighting. These all just lights down underneath this little ridge here? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's kind of neat. And they're all motion-based. Oh, okay. Um, And they all communicate with one another, so you can... You've had a wired floodlight cam and the and the wireless floodlight cam for a while because we own both of those, don't we? So these aren't the cameras; these are just lights. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we have had the floodlight camera um, for two years now. We debuted it at CES two years ago. That must be why we bought it. Yes, probably. But um, these are just lights. But the whole purpose of it is it's a low cost, battery operated line of outdoor lighting, and they can communicate with your ring doorbells and cameras. So let's say your pathway light that's very in front of your house detects motion. It can trigger your cameras to start 
recording, you know, more than 30 feet out from where the cameras are. So it's, oh. it's building a ring of security for your home. So when you walk up to the front door with this, with this pathway light, do all of these automatically turn on or do you set up scenes or how does that work? You can create groups. So it's up to you how you want to group them together. Oh, okay. If you maybe want your pathway lights to trigger your lights in the backyard, you can do that. It's whatever your preference is. Okay. And is there any integration between these and the uh, ring alarm system? Um, we haven't announced that yet, but we do plan on having integrations with alarm down the road. Okay. That's great. And uh, when are these products going to be available? Um, so they're available now and they're shipping on March 6th. Great. Do you have any price points, let's say, on the uh, on the wired uh, light can- light? So the wired light, I believe, is $49. The products range wow. from $19.99 up to $49. Oh, I and- am so buying a whole bunch more of this stuff. <laughs> and we do sell bundles. So we have two packs um, and, and different options for... You for guys everyone. do a great job of the bundle thing. We bought the uh, alarm system, but uh, not enough sensors, even in a big kit. But then I can go buy them one by one. That's perfect. Totally. I got a bundle and I can buy what I want. Yeah, we want you to be able to customize your security system, however best for your home. So, Very good. And if people want to find more about it, let's uh, hear the only four character uh, (laughs) URL out there. Yeah, ring.com. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, I do have to say, we have really enjoyed all of our ring devices. And I think it's cool that they're expanding into devices that people with apartments can enjoy too. Maybe we need that uh, lighting there, Steve, that they're talking about. That's something ring has that we don't have yet. I gotta tell you, we've really got our home automation working well now. While in San Diego at Lindsay's house, we got an alert on our phones and our watches that our August lock had been locked. That's when our uh, house sitter left the house. Steve opened the Wise app to look at the video from our Wise campaign in the living room. Well, the Wise campaign not only showed him the room, he could also hear our ring alarm system setting itself with its distinctive sound. How's that for a full circle of IoT? All right, let's switch gears and listen to Caleb Fong tell us about Emmet. Greetings, Allison and fellow Castaways. Caleb here to talk about another geeky tool. Even if you aren't stuck in on uh, programming by stealth, you may still find yourself writing HTML for a variety of reasons. You may have also come across the need to generate large or small amounts of HTML elements, And if you don't want to write them all by hand, or type them all by hand, you'll need some sort of generator. And if we jump into the Wayback Machine, we will find and probably remember the bad old days of generated code, the days of Microsoft front page, or worse yet, HTML export from MS Word. Thankfully, the Wayback Machine can also bring us back to the present where standards have firmly been in place for years, and code generation tools can indeed not suck. Enter what I call dynamic generation. No, dynamic generation is not a real term, it's just how it makes sense in my head. Which is where the tool Emmet shines. Basic thought behind Emmet is to have easy-to-understand abbreviations that can be interpreted into correct markup. Emmet uses a CSS-like syntax to define the abbreviations, and there are very good docs for this. Now, for example, you might want a div with a class TOC with 10 subsections. You want the subsections to be an unordered list items, each list item with a link with a class name TOC-link with a number. Now, here's what the above requirements could look like as an Emmet abbreviation, div.toc 
greater than ul greater than li asterisk 10 greater than a dot toc dash link dash dollar sign. Now that's a lot of text. So let's break this down. div.toc generates a div tag with a class toc. And to be specific, it generates a div tag pair. It knows to do the closing tag too. And this is where Emmet is CSS-like also because the dot notation is for classes. And if you want to use an ID, you can have the hash or octothorpe. And like CSS, the greater than symbol marks the next element as a child of the previous element. And a UL generates a UL pair. And then we have another child notation. And then li asterisk 10. This is where things get more interesting. Here we're telling Emmet that we want a list item repeated 10 times. Li multiplied by 10. If you've used the calculations in your browser console, you may find that familiar. Uh, then we've got another child notation and a, a dot toc dash link dash dollar sign. Now a in CSS means anchor and the most common anchor is the href anchor. So a href class toc dash link dash dollar sign. Now the dollar sign is an enumerator which means that it's going to start counting as it creates new elements and by default begins at one, unlike JavaScript. And then I have also included a visualization of the HTML output that that above abbreviation will generate. I'm not going to read it out loud because it's just the same thing over again. Now, if this sounds interesting, this all sounds very interesting. Yes. But where and how does one use such a tool? Well, there's a number of editors that have Emmet baked in. One of them is Visual Studio Code. It's available as a plugin for many other editors. There's a list on Emmet's website. Now, the above is a fairly simple example. Emmet can go pretty deep. I recently, myself, needed to generate a table template for an icon font set, uh, sort of a, a map, if you will. And what I needed was a table with headers, one for icon, this the visual icon, a column for the icon name to search by text, HTML entity code for when I wanted to include it into a web page and a Unicode code that was there for when you are including the icon font in an application that doesn't use HTML decimals. I also needed a row for each one of these with class names for the table cells, a little bit of boilerplate, which is uh, unchanging but standard text to be applied to a few of these. And in particular, in this case, I needed lots of rows. The specific 248 rows. So the command that I came up with to make this table is table greater than parenthesis t head greater than tr greater than th asterisk four close parenthesis plus t body greater than tr asterisk 248, greater than, open parenthesis, td.icon, plus td.icon-name, td.html.code, plus td.unicode. This, you should start to see the patterns that have developed here from the previous example, so I'm going to be briefer with this explanation. Table, 
self-explanatory, you get a table. Table pair. Greater than gives us the child of. The thing that's really new is the parenthesis. Now, the parenthesis is much like its mathematics counterpart, and they indicate a group. In this case, it's a group of abbreviations that need to be processed together before moving on to the next. So you get a unit of stuff. And then the plus symbol indicates a sibling relationship as opposed to a child relationship. So in visual space terms, that means that they, all the elements that are plussed together are at the same indentation level. So all the TDs that exist within in the TRs are all in one indentation line as opposed to trying to nest the TDs into the TDs into the TDs. And to write this, it took about one or two minutes of testing and thinking through what I needed, and I generated all of this in about a second. And that simplified greatly the project I was trying to work on. And these are just two examples. The base Emmet syntax is flexible enough to cover pretty much anything you need. But if you do need further customization, there are ways to generate your own syntax abbreviations. So now go, go write your web pages with confidence, knowing that you don't have to write every single tag. I love this. Uh, this is fantastic. I really love it, Caleb. Um, I love that people are introdu- introducing us to more and more geeky tools for programming. Every time we talk about one tool, I get more tools. He's talking about uh, Emmet, and he said that Emmet works in Visual Studio Code for the Mac. Well, I just happened to have installed Visual Studio Code for the Mac because I was talking about the different apps that I was using and how I hadn't found the perfect app yet. So I'm actually using Visual Studio Code, and now... I get to go try Emmet. This is great because it just keeps building us on it. Uh, you know, the madness just seems to continue. All right, let's take a turn at CES and start talking about some assistive technologies. I'm with, let's see, I've got a crazy headset on. I'm with Richard Tapping from Vispero, and I'm wearing a VR headset that has a magnifier device hooked to the front of it. How are you doing today? Very well. Excited to be here. All right, have I got the mic in the right place? It's about really? there. I think so. I might have to take this off because it's a little bit crazy, but I'm wearing a VR headset that's allowing me to magnify my vision, right? Yeah, so you're essentially actually using, you're wearing two parts there. You're wearing one uh, VR headset that holds or cradles a handheld video magnifier in the VR headset. So it converts it from a handheld video magnifier, which you would typically use as one of your tools in an everyday environment if you're visually impaired, and then it doubles up as a VR headset. Ah, I see. So, um, and I literally do see. <laughs> I'm going to actually take this off because I'm I'm spinning around a lot, and it's uh, it's uh, a little challenging to wear. But uh, th- that isn't actually nearly as heavy and uncomfortable as I thought it was. It's a little bit challenging, but it's pretty cool. It takes some getting used to, and the and the uh, the adjustments can 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 you know the straps can be adjusted to make it more comfortable for sure. Right, right. So uh, who's the target market for a device like this? It can be anywhere from, from children in a classroom. So typically you can imagine a child in a classroom that's using a tablet-based type of device. They want a video magnifier for their notes or documents, but they also need to look up at the, at the teacher or the, or the blackboard. And they can wear that device in a stable or uh, uh, stationary setting to use it to get access to the notes and, and the board. So it's a hands-free device. But likewise, you know, we see a lot of seniors 
85, 90 years old with macular degeneration. They're needing a video magnifier for their everyday tools. It's very useful for them to, to marry that up with a device like this and give them more hands-free uh, control. So to make sure I'm understanding it correctly, it's a video magnifier you can set on the desk. You can uh, have it uh, read things out to you. You can look at, at uh, magnify what's on a, a newspaper or something exactly like that. Right. But then that's sitting in a VR headset that allows me to use it as a video magnifier for the world. Right. It's essentially turn, it converts a handheld video magnifier into a wearable video magnifier. Now, normally these things are extra- incredibly expensive. What's the price point for so something? So they can range typically from $2,500, $3,000. Uh, the video magnifier on its own is about $900, and the headset is a $200 accessory. For, for $1,100, we basically cut the price in half. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, what else are we looking at here today? I think you've got a new dis- uh, Braille display idea. We do have a new Let Braille me... display. So like this that. is our Focus 40. Uh, for those that are not familiar with a refreshable Braille display, this device will replace essentially paper braille and uh, electronic uh, creates a refreshable bar of electronic braille. This is 40 cells across, so 40 40 characters. 40 characters across, exactly right. And these buttons up here are your input keys, so these allow a person that is familiar with braille to input in braille. They can read it here, and then this device will connect to, for example, a Windows computer using JAWS perhaps. It can also be used with with other uh, platforms, Mac, iOS, uh, Bluetooth, USB, um, and it's extremely robust. So now, these things are not cheap. So the robustness is key. <laughs> we yeah, want to. So we want explaining. People throw these in their backpacks or whatever. You can. Can I throw this on the ground? You, you probably don't want me to. Yeah, I don't want you to, but you can. <laughs> you could, right? <laughs> yeah. So he was banging designed. it on the table. It's right. designed to be robust. It's pretty heavy. It's, it's a nice device. Yeah. Oh, mil spec. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, and then he was talking about there's a wraparound PC that can connect to this? So one of the developments that we're going to come out with uh, later this year, actually in about a month or two, is what we call the L-Braille. And an L-Braille is an attachment that basically this docks into and converts this Braille display into a full Windows 10 computer for the blind. So it's more of a note-taker type of device, but it's running Windows 10. And that's important because that gets them immersed in the operating system they'll probably be using in the working environment. Exactly right. So kids coming through uh, education, ultimately employment, we want to make sure they're using an environment that's consistent with higher ed and ultimately uh, uh, employment. Right. And so this is this is the concept behind the, the Windows 10. Very cool. If people want to learn more about these products, where would they go? Vespero.com has all of our brands on all the links. Uh, freedomscientific.com, optelect.com, and enhancedvision.com. We have quite a selection. Okay, so if those are all on your business card, we'll get some of them in. They but are. Vespero.com, V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com. If you go there, all the others you'll find. Thank you very much, Richard. You're very welcome. Well, if you enjoy and get value from the content you get here on the PodFeed podcast, say from the NoSillaCast, Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, or Programming by Stealth, I'd like you to consider becoming a patron of the shows. With a small donation each week through Patreon, you can help fund the costs of making the podcast and help us keep producing the shows. Head on over to podfeet.com slash Patreon and see if this method of supporting the show works for you. This next interview should really catch the attention of truckers and people who love to travel in mobile homes, or is it motorhomes? Motorhomes, I guess is what I mean, and people who simply live in remote areas. Well, I'm lucky enough to live in an area where there's probably too much cell coverage in Los Angeles, but recently we went up to uh, Yellowstone National Park and up into Montana, and I found out there's areas in the United States where you can't use your cell phone. So I've stopped by the booth of SureCall, and I'm talking to Eric Mersel right now. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? 
Does uh, the devices we're about to talk about, is this going to help that poor person out in uh, Montana? It'll help you out, not just in Montana, but also in urban areas. Your downtown, big buildings might be blocking coverage ah, as well. I've so. had that problem too. Yep. So this is audio and video. So as you talk through this, we'll have video, but I also may do more descriptive sure. descriptions of it. So you've got two products to talk about here that's going to boost the cell signal in a car. Is that right. correct? Yes. All right. Yeah. So Should we start with the N-Range? We'll start with the N-Range, and then we'll go into the bigger one. So uh, SureCall makes a pretty wide range of products, first off. We do a lot of RV. We do a lot of mobile. But mobile has been so popular now with the connected car and the connected world. So we've got two products here that we're really showcasing. The first product is our N-Range product, and it's a very, very simple booster to install. This particular product right here is your antenna and your amplifier. It's a shark fin for your roof. It absolutely is. So this product is mounted on your roof. It's magnetized, so it's going to be able to stick to the roof very well. One cable, simple installation that's going to go right to your cradle, which your phone is going to stick to. You power this up. It powers up your amplifier via coax, and now you've got service within the vehicle. Now, how how big of a signal boost is this going to get at me? So it depends on the area that you're in, but these amplifiers by FCC and carrier rules are only allowed to be 50 dB worth of gain. So that's how much gain we're going to be able to add to the service. Holy cow, 50 dB, that's yeah. that's healthy. It's very healthy. It definitely keeps you connected when you're when you're more remote. Now, I understand by speaking to the previous gentleman that this cradle that you're going to stick your phone to, um, this is the only phone that's going to get the signal boost, boost with the uh, end range, correct? Yes. Yeah, this is a single-user device um, with a retail of $399. It, it, it meets a mark for us to be able to get into more people's cars to keep them connected. At the very least, at least you've got navigation going on Absolutely. one phone, right? Absolutely. Maybe little Timmy isn't in the back seat playing Fortnite, but that's okay. Timmy needs I, less screen time anyway. Yeah, it, it's up for us. We're the ones driving. We're in control. There you go. So these are really thin cables. You just run those down around the edge of the, the car frame, and through, around the gasket, like into the, into the sure. door? Yeah, a lot of people will. Um, some people will move the gaskets and do a little bit more of a permanent install. But the beauty about this product is it's very transferable. So if you're working, you're a truck driver per se, you can throw it up in your cab in your vehicle. When you get home, get back to the lot, you can throw it back into your car and move on with your day. Oh, really? So very, okay. very simple to be able to utilize. Very good. Okay, so now I've got a family of 12 in the car, and they all want to get online. Mm-hmm. We're going to move up to the big boy here, we right? Are. We the are. The big girl? I'm not sure. So, the, uh, the, the Fusion to go 3.0 is a little bit of a different beast. Um, it's, it's still very simple to install and uninstall if you want to be able to move from vehicle to vehicle. But you notice a couple different things. You've got a separate amplifier, a separate outdoor antenna or a donor line that's going to be able to pull that signal in. And then the biggest difference is when we look at our internal antenna itself. The inside antenna is going to be able to fill an entire cab for you to be able to do what you said earlier, provide service for everybody in the vehicle. Okay, so describing this to people, this time it's not a shark fin, it's a, uh, I don't know, a unicorn nose that says stick up. This is, again, magnetic, runs down through coax, then that comes into this amplifier that looks like a giant heat sink to me. Yep. Let me lift that up. So it's got uh, DC 5 volts in, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's got a coax input, coax output, then that goes to the internal antenna that's going to rebroadcast inside the car. Correct. Is that correct? And then the, the antenna looks just like it's like a business card is all the bigger it is yeah it's pretty pretty narrow we want to keep it uh as low profile as we possibly can so we can you know keep with the what do i want to call it the ambiance of the vehicle if you will right right don't want to make it look nasty right. so it looks like it's got velcro any important placing in the car there no uh, you, you set are. it on the carpet set it on the ground you could, you could the closer the better it's a pretty low power antenna okay. so we do want to get up closer uh, my personal vehicle i put it right on my uh, uh golf compartment Oh, okay, that's a perfect spot. Got it, got it, got it. And so 
floods the whole entire car. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. So the uh, Fusion to Go 3.0, because it's got to have a 3.0, yes. uh, how much does that list for? Uh, three ninety nine. Okay, great. So where would people go to find uh, the uh, SureCall devices? You can buy our devices. You can learn about them on SureCall.com, but you can purchase them from a lot of our retail partners that are out there, Etail, Amazon, uh, Best Buy, things like that. You can buy them for them. Very cool. Well, this solves a real problem. Like I said, I wasn't real sympathetic until it happened to me, and now it's now I understand. So yes, I know a lot of people yes. are truck drivers that listen, uh, RV drivers. This would be a great solution. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for the uh, interview. Thank you. Appreciate it. this booth called Empowered because they have a light here that I actually have in my home. It's a small solar-powered plastic cylinder that collapses. Really nice for camping and things like that. I think I actually got the idea from my daughter and uh, my daughter about this. Excellent. And so I stopped John Salinger and said, you need to tell us about this product. And the first thing you told me was what? Well, actually, you've already participated in our business model. We're a B Corp. And so we've been able to, because you've purchased, because of our scale, just sheer scale of consumer purchases, we're able to affect people by affordable lights around the world where people wouldn't be able to afford them because we can change our margin structure for people that need them in aid, in emergency preparedness, and in emerging markets. So just by buying the light, that's all you did, thanks to your daughter, right? We were able to impact 3 million people to date and 450,000 U.S. tons of CO2 have been averted in the process. Wow. So you help you help people in other countries and we that do. can't afford them. You're, you're charging far less than you charge me, I hope. That's correct. Okay. And many of our lights go into programs like Team Rubicon, Oxfam, Save the Children, and they're really programmatic to build capacity. So female entrepreneurs, Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, Central South America, 80,000 lights to Puerto Rico. Wow, I just thought it was a cool solar light. So uh, that's what enables us to do what we do on scale. That's fantastic. So talk about what the other products you've got going on. Sure. So now we have an app-enabled light. That's why we're at CES. Um, and we control that with your phone. So think of a Philips light. However, you can control it with your phone. So change color. Solar-powered? So everything we do is solar-powered. Everything is hopefully beautifully designed. And everything is uh, personal. And, and there's a personal ownership to it. Clean. Yeah, it is funny. I really, I'm really happy when I use this light. Thank you. And you it, want it, it to bring joy. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's inflatable. I don't know if I said that correctly for the people who are just listening. That this thing collapses down into a little cylinder, so and then you've got a man function, light. right? So yeah. you enjoy blowing up a light because there's a wow factor. You can put your light and a piece of the sun in your pocket. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But we fit fifty thousand in a container, and that woman in Ghana, who's a female entrepreneur, can carry a hundred around. sell them as wares. So this year we're also launching a few other solar products, a bike light, an induction charger, and a circadian rhythm that's also, that light is also travelable, portable. Wow, so the induction uh, charger, that's a Qi charger? It is, that's correct, yeah. App-enabled iOS and Android. Now, I know this sounds silly, but since we are talking about my daughter, she's going to be really excited about the string lights. This has a... a, uh, cylindrical um, element here that's the solar charger, right? That's correct, yeah. But she loves nothing better than little sparkly lights yep. that we can see right along here, yeah, right? And so these are great for dorm rooms, they're great for camping, they're great for home, they're great for sort of bringing your own ambiance where you are. These are fantastic. Are uh, Outdoors? Of course. Everything is waterproof that we do. Wow, this is so cool. This is really, really fun. I'm excited that we uh, stopped by and found you. So the company, spell the name? M-P-O-W-E-R-D dot com. All right, just get rid of all those pesky E's and vowels, right? Yeah, yeah, we don't have vowels. 
But if you Google us, we come up, thankfully. And uh, <laughs> where, uh, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, John Salzinger on LinkedIn. What about the, the company, though? The company, we're everywhere. So we're also in all brick and mortar you can imagine. From Target to Best Buy, uh, we are in Walmart. We are in every independent outdoor retailer. And online? Online. We're on Amazon. Uh, and really, I want to mention REI because they're one of our premier partners. Oh, yeah. There you and go. And we actually try all of our lights at REI first before we launch them to the public. Great partner. Well, that's actually where we first saw these was camping. So that must have been where we found them. Wonderful. So uh, the website is? Is www.mpowerd.com. Very good. Thank you very much. This is fantastic. I'm even more excited about this. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you. You know, John gave us one of the Lucy lights, and it's really delightful. The way they blow up with this translucent container allows them to provide like a nice diffuse light for all kinds of needs. I started keeping it on top of my DVD cabinet. Unfortunately, we don't have a light in a good position to be able to see the names of all of our DVDs. So with the uh, with the Lucy light, I can simply grab it and just hold it. It's super light. I mean, it weighs nothing, but it's always charged up because of the solar panels on it. And I get lots of lights and I can find the DVD I need. And I got to tell you, with uh, solar powered, makes it no guilt lighting. That's the best. All right. Well, darn it. Here's our last but not least interview from CES 2019. I'm with uh, Justin Gagnon at uh, of Will. And we talked to Will at the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference many years ago. You make some interesting wheelchairs, right? Yeah, we do. So the model that we're looking at right here is our model CI. And we launched it at CES last year um, and won a Best in Innovation Award for it. Um, it's really unique. Just the style of it, I think, is pretty eye-catching. Most people um, gravitate to it just because of the way that it looks. So we're doing audio and video and audio podcast. So describe what it looks like. Oh, sure. So um, a lot of people say it looks a lot like Professor Xavier's wheelchair. That's We get that a lot. Um, our first model, the Model A, we don't have it here today. It was actually featured in the Batman vs. Superman movie. Oh, wow. Um, so very futuristic looking. Um, really I remember it had lines. great big wheels. Yeah, the wheels are a little bit bigger than these ones. Um, but so the, These look really... Uh, look at that wheel over there, Steve. But they're... Um, I don't even know how to describe that. It's a bunch of little tiny circles yeah, so around the wheel. We call it our, the Omni wheel because it's omnidirectional. It really can go in any direction. Oh. And it's made up of 24 individual rollers. So it can go, if you, if you look at it closely, how it just kind of glides. Oh, so the bottom yeah. rollers will, will roll sideways. Without okay. the need for like a caster that turns, right? So there's no there's no turning mechanism on this at all. Exactly. Yeah. Oh wow, that's so cool. The the big benefit for that is you can have both your feet planted between the wheels without casters having that to turn that often bump or hit your your feet or your ankles when you're trying to when you're trying to turn a like traditional power wheelchair. Oh okay. So. Now, what's uh, I see the words automated up here. What's automated about it? Sure. So, well, this version has uh, an app, and you can drive it using your uh, your phone. By is that just to mess app. with your friend in the wheelchair? You get the app and you just drive them around in circles? It is, what? it is fun to see people's reaction when you do it, but there are a few practical um, uses for it as well. Um, people who can transfer themselves onto a couch or onto a chair... Uh, but don't want to have it sitting, have this device sitting next to them when oh, they're. Oh, they can drive you know, it away. They can, oh, you know, move it yeah. to the corner of a room. Um, even getting into bed at night, and they can move it out of the out of the room and then bring it back to themselves in 
the morning. Oh, that's fantastic, um, yeah. So that's this version. The version that we're launching here at CES this year is an autonomous-driven version. So it'll drive itself. It'll avoid bumping into people. It'll avoid bumping into walls um, oh. and driven through an app as well. So in the app, do you say, you know, I want to be down three doors and over to the left? Pretty much. It drives you there? Yeah, pretty much. So the, the version that we're launching that we've already launched um, and we're test piloting right now is in airports. So airports are really excited about it. So essentially you can say, you know, go to gate C28 and it'll just take you right to that gate and avoid, you know, the people and obstacles. In yeah, and then all the able-bodied people are going to want it too because I can't find gate C8. <laughs> yeah, we, we have heard that quite a bit actually. Yeah. I bet. It's got, uh, it's got headlights on the front of it too? Yeah, so those are actually sensors. So the stereo camera sensors on the front um, and then there's a LiDAR sensor on the back and that's really how it autonomously drives itself to avoid, you know, people or obstacles in the way. So you would sell that to businesses? Yeah, that's like, definitely like the, airports. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely our first model. Mm-hmm. Um, airports are really excited about it. We've had conversations with entertainment venues and museums and malls and um, theme parks. Um, and there's a lot of people who are maybe even not always in a wheelchair, but airports are huge. Yes. You know, my father-in-law can walk, but an airport is beyond his ability to walk that far. He can't yes. do it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's really too. Uh, help the airport out as well. What what a lot of airports are telling us is people that are, you know, in that same type of a scenario, asking for wheelchair push service just because of the distance that they have to travel. Where this, and it also allows people to be independent as they travel through the airport. They don't, you know, you're not getting pushed by somebody that. Oh yeah, you know, you the feel psychology like you're being of that. Yeah. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, the wheel, uh, this wheel model, what is this new one called? CI. The CI, huh? CI. It's been out for a year now. Uh So it's commercially available. You can buy it in the U.S., in in a few different countries, in Asia, and in Europe as well. It does look very small. Does that actually fit in your uh, Prius there, or what? You know what? It does, and I can show you how that works. Okay. So it comes apart in three pieces, really quite simply. There's a latch under the seat. So you just unlock that latch. latch there. And pull the top off. Oh, wow. We just took the seat off. Now we can see into the mechanism here. Yeah, and there's this little lever right here that you pull back. And that flips back. And the front... Oh, it's now in three pieces. <laughs> the front drive and the back drive separate from themselves. Yeah, that would fit in your Prius. Yeah, and there's... That's how we... my brother measures wheelchairs, is okay. what it fit in his Prius, right? Yeah, there you go. We actually have YouTube videos showing different um, combinations of how it can fit in different trunks, because, you know, different trunks are different depths and widths and stuff. So, yeah, we've, uh, we have a four or five different scenarios there. Well, that's very cool. So if people wanted to learn more about Will, where would they go? Go to our website, will.us. That's probably the best place to get the most information. And that's W-H-I-L-L. Correct, yes. Dot U-S? Yes, dot U-S. Um, and there's contact us form on there. There's phone number, so you can definitely reach out to us. And through social media as well. We're can I ask how much this costs? Sure. This one here retails for $39.99, so just under $4,000. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for stopping by. Well, that's going to wind us up for this week. Do not forget to send in your dumb questions, comments, suggestions, your reviews like uh, Caleb did this week. You can do that by emailing me at allison at podfeet.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. So we've said it before. We'll say it again. Everything good starts with podfeet.com. Where do you think you go to get the book from Honda Bob? Podfeet.com slash Honda Bob. You want to become a Patreon? Podfeet.com slash Patreon. You want to get together on our Facebook group? Podfeet.com slash Facebook. Don't like Facebook? Want to go with Slack? 
We've got one of those too, podfeet.com slash slack. And if you want to get in the chat room during the live show, where do you think it is? Podfeet.com slash chat. And if you want to join in the fun of the live show, head on over to podfeet.com slash live on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time, just like Forbes did this week, and join the friendly and enthusiastic Nocilla Castaways. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.